Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. This is the Pewter Post Game Show. It's officially Friday, so it's technically a Friday show as uh, we're going to recap what we just saw in a 24-18 loss for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday Night Football, falling to the Buffalo Bills. The title of this one is Too Little Too Late for the Bucs. We almost uh, went with Bucks offense, can't do enough, which is fitting as well. But this was a wacky game. From start to finish, I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me is the face that runs the place, SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, there are, is a lot to say about a lot of different players and positions, and yeah. it was just odd, odd, odd what went on for the Bucks. Yeah, a couple things to keep in perspective. Um, Bucks were not going to win this game. They, they just were not. Um, I know it seemed close. The scoreboard seemed close. There was the Hail Mary chance there. I get it. Um, The Bills were the better team, and they showed that through most of the game. Uh, Credit the Buccaneers for fighting. They did not quit. They they fought to the end. They deserve a lot of credit for that, okay? Um, But I'm not going to come on here and bash the Buccaneers just because they, they, they hung in there. But there's a lot of problems on this team, a lot. And that's why they weren't going to win this game. We talked about this, Matt. After they lost to the Eagles, we talked about there's there's going to be some some games they're going to lose to because they're not as talented as the other teams. Yeah. And you saw that tonight. The Bills were the more talented team, right? The Bills were in control of this game from the get-go. I know the Buccaneers had a chance to win it at the end. Um, folks, listen, they had two fourth down conversions due to Bills penalties, okay? the bails, The Bills bailed them out. So many and, times the the fourth down touchdown to Mike Evans was on fourth down. So um, at no point in time did I think this team is going to win. The Buffalo Bills uh, were predicted to win by all of us on the Peter Report staff. And we talked about readjusting expectations. And I know it's frustrating. You don't want to hear this because you want your team to win, and I get it. But you have to understand where this team is. This team is not beating the Eagles. They're not beating the Lions. They're not beating uh, – the Bills, they're not beating the 49ers later, okay? They should have beat the Falcons, right? That's that's the game to get more pissed off about than this one. Yeah. All right. So um, I, I'll address it because I know we have some fans out there. It's frustrating because the NFL is saying that this down, this Hail Mary, this fourth down, this last play of the game, not fourth down, whatever down it was, this this play is is worth more than any other play because they're not going to call – Fouls on this, even though uh, Terrell Bernard, the linebacker, is turning around Chris Godwin to where he can't find the ball. He's literally got him around the waist and is literally spinning him around. Kate Otten is getting absolutely mugged at the two-yard line, and it's frustrating. And I know there's a lot of problems with NFL officiating. Uh, I don't know what a catch is anymore. I don't know what roughing the passer is anymore. Um, And it's a shame because, okay, give the Buccaneers one more shot here at the two yard line and one yard line, maybe they win the game in a game that they shouldn't, they had no business winning. Okay. So maybe the fact that the Buccaneers lost this game, you know, it's apropos because they didn't deserve to win it, but it's, it's just a little frustrating that, that on this play, they're going to swallow the whistle, but by God, on every other play, um, they're not exempt from calling penalties, but they are on the last play of the game. They won't call a penalty in the last play of the game, regardless of what happens. I just think, uh, first of all, that whole play was shocking because rarely do you see a Hail Mary go where the ball hits the ground without like anyone else touching it. Yes. At all, whatsoever. So like, <laughs> yes. that was very shocking. The fact that yeah. Godwin like couldn't locate it. And I like, I don't blame Chris Godwin. It, obviously I can understand why people he would be mad. Literally got turned around. By yeah, Terrell like he Bernard. didn't see the ball, and then it's like, oh crap! Like it landed. Like if you don't see the ball immediately from the beginning, it's tough to track it. Right um, after a little bit, while you just sprinted fifty yards downfield, and there's like a whole pile of people. But um, the point I want to bring up, Scott, was what you just said before that about the Bucks being gifted two fourth down penalties yeah. to keep that drive going. Yes, the I still do not know. 
and I forgot who it was, but the Bills defender that got the face mask penalty, I mean, that Baker Mayfield wrapped up, like, around his stomach or shoulders. Yep. And Baker wasn't escaping it. So, at worst, you just hold on to him and then eventually blow the whistle. Yeah. I have no idea, none whatsoever, why that player just went, Oh, I need a little extra help to bring him down. Let me grab his face mask and right. rip it. Now, yep. as someone that took the puck eight and a half, I absolutely loved it. By the way, I hit the under two, so went two and zero. My bucks. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Let's not act like if you really want to boil this down. The Bucks offense scored three points tonight. If you really want to yeah. boil it down, because the yep. first touchdown was the the Will Golston interception. Shout out to right. Will Golston in front of the Big program. man, That's Will. Very cool to see. First interception, 11 years in the league. That's, yeah. That was awesome. So the Bucs had awesome. the ball at the 20, and they took advantage of the Bills being aggressive on the first play. They ran a screen, which actually, again, yeah, small victories. Screen game was very nice for the Bucs. It made. was. It was, yep. And then that last drive, two penalties, and that would have ended the drive with the sack there. Uh, like, the Bucks' offense somehow still is regressing. Yeah, week by week, and I get that the Bills are a good opponent, but I mean, yeah. come on, some of the mistakes—we've seen the same issues every single week. And thank you to Vise for the ten dollars super chat. Yeah, thank says, you. Hey, no arguments here. I hear you guys loud and clear. I mean, we're still seeing the same thing yep. from this freaking team. You get one first down, it's like, wow, they're being progressive. They're really yep. doing something, and then bam, Baker misses a wide open player makes yeah. a bad throw. And then, Oh, there's a false start penalty. Next thing you know, it's second and 15 yep. and you're done because the penalty screwed you and you can't overcome it. Yeah. We're seeing the same mistakes over and over again and yeah. they're and, very and correctable, but when they will are. they be corrected? Yeah. I mean, Luke Edicke had a pretty good game blocking, but man, three false starts, right? Tristan Wirfs had a false start after the room in the mix too. That's four false starts. That's 20 yards. Those are uh, for for an offense that's struggling already with three downs to get ten yards <laughs> to have to lose yards. It, it's it's just it's tough sledding, and they can't afford to do that. Cody Malk, ten yard holding penalty, and they get a forty two yard catch and run by Mike Evans. That is yeah. that's a fifty two yard swing. So you add up all the penalty yardage and, from the offensive line plus the forty two yards that you lost. Right, that's twenty. 30 that's 72 yards worth of lost offense right there right there in those penalties yeah. and and they have to stop you know and and the interior of the offensive line still struggling that's that's probably mm-hmm. not going to change till next year uh Cody Malk's going through some growing pains I think he's going to end up being a, a, a good player he just needs more experience more technique it's a big jump from North Dakota State, it was a big jump for um, for Ali Marpet from Hobart College, a big jump from Alex Kappa from Humboldt State. But those guys developed into good players because they had the athletic ability. And I think Cody Malk has that. It's just going to be a painful work in progress with some growing pains. Um, I also felt the uh, the Malk penalty. I would like to get another look at that because I felt that the D lineman yeah. slipped and they just called it. I didn't think that was the best call, but not yeah. It's tough. And I think, too, if, if you're an offensive lineman and you take a guy to the ground um, on his back, um, in other words, where where you're you're at the line of scrimmage and you're going down, that's one thing. But when you take a guy to the ground and he's in the backfield, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pointed towards your quarterback, they're, they're going to call that. Even if they don't see it cleanly, the, yeah. they're, they're going to assume that's a hold, that's a takedown. And, and it, it looked cleaner to me. It just did. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see James water. Thanks for the, the dollar 99 super chat. Um, appreciate that. If you have a comment, let us know. Uh, so I'm going to say this about Baker Mayfield, right. And, and the reason why the Buccaneers were not going to win this game is Baker Mayfield is, is not the long-term answer here. I don't think. Uh, there's too much frenetic play in the pocket. Um, he looked lost sometimes. And the offensive line did an okay job in pass protection sometimes. He backed himself and ran himself into some sacks, yep. and he looked lost. And he looked very uncomfortable and frenetic in the end zone. And and really, to me, that's where the, the game was lost for the offense because they, they were down at their goal line um, on the one-yard line 
on the Jamel Dean pass breakup, which yep. man, you'd like to see that be pick six. I said the same thing on the game day stream. Yep. I was like, ah, oh, nice play. Would have been better if he picked yep. it off, but yeah, show a little bit more aggressive aggressiveness there, Jamel, and you might be a hero, right? Um, but good play. All right, got got the Bills off the field in the red zone without uh, any points. But then um, a two-yard run by Chase Edmonds and then two incompletions, right? And so coming out of their end zone, they had to punt. That's that's the first one. Yeah. Then you had another situation, and both of these were in the third quarter, I believe, uh, down at the, at the three-yard line, a two-yard run by Edmonds, a one-yard run by Edmonds, and then a six-yard pass by Godwin. They're punting again, right? So that's that's two punts on drives that started at the at your one and your three. Then you start at the four-yard line on another situation in the in the third quarter, and their punter was phenomenal, just lights out. As much as yeah, we love Jake was, Camarda, yeah, he was awesome. <laughs> I mean, Jake Camarda was not the punter tonight that got the job done. It was the other guy. Uh, but th- then they started at the four-yard line, um, incomplete pass. And then a scramble for six yards. That was another pass. And then an incomplete pass. Uh, Baker only had one completion in the third quarter. That's it. One. Jesus. One completion in the third quarter. Yeah. Then in the fourth quarter, start at the eight-yard line. False start on Gedeke. You're back to the four-yard line. Incomplete pass. And then the 20-yard little dump off to White where he made something happen. So it's just not getting anything done on those drives. Um and, you know, you have to go back and say, is it the play calling? Well, I mean, at, at first it seemed like they were run, run, pass, but I went back and looked and it was run, pass, pass, run, run, pass, 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 and then pass, pass. And, uh, you know, th- that was the sequencing. So, mm-hmm. but whether it's play design, Baker just not seeing the guys get open, whether it was the, the receivers, the tight ends not getting separation, uh, he just looked super uncomfortable in the pocket. And, and, wasn't either wasn't seeing it, it wasn't there, or throwing the ball too early, or was being inaccurate. And and here's the thing: I don't think Kyle Trask is the answer. I, I don't think Kyle Trask is is going to come in and, and necessarily do any better than Baker Mayfield. We saw Baker Mayfield get out of a sack and then run 11 yeah. yards for a yeah. first down. That that's something Kyle Trask just can't do. But at the same time, Matt, you you got a six foot one quarterback. You've got a six foot five quarterback. He struggles to see over the line of scrimmage sometimes, especially when there's guys in his face. And man, I I just don't know for the long term if this is the guy. I mean, he might get a major nine wins this year, right? He might, he might get this team in the playoffs, but I, I I just don't know if, if, if he's the guy. Well, and that's the thing is that Baker is very inconsistent. And it's something I wrote about in the PR roundtable. What concerned me the most is his inconsistency. That's right. Because Baker looked good in week one. He looked good enough in week two, and he threw three touchdowns against the Saints. But that's fine. What's going to kill the Bucs is that inconsistent part of it. And right now the inconsistency or bad football has just been consistent for Baker. Right. Um, as of late, and he's not done enough. He's not been special enough to make plays. And if you look at yeah, Josh Allen, it, it's like Josh Allen is here and Baker is here. And in every yeah. single game the Bills and Bucks play, the Bills are going to have a much better chance of winning. If you played it ten times, the Bills probably exactly. win nine out of ten. Now, there's three things that really stood out to me in that game in terms of Baker's play and something about staying in the pocket as well. There was the missed throw to Mike Evans. By the way, where was Mike Evans? We could talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. He got the missed throw to Mike Evans on the first drive yep. uh, of the game. Mike was wide yep. open, just completely yep. missed him. There was another mm-hmm. throw kind of close to the sideline um, to Rakeem Jarrett, and it was low. Yeah. Jarrett probably still should have caught it, but a better throw, a better accurate throw. Right. Jarrett makes the, the, the catch. The yep. last one was on the last touchdown scoring drive, which, again, let's remember, got bailed out by a right. face mask. Baker drops back, yeah. stands in the pocket for, like, maybe a second. And they showed the aerial view. Kate Otten was right there, yeah. like open for the first down. Baker immediately just takes off and runs and gets hit. So he tries to throw it before he got hit. It was like, right. dude, he's right there. Like he's yeah. right in front of you. What are you looking at? But that goes into the whole, you know, the height issue with Baker Mayfield, which yeah. leads me to my next point. And this is a little bit on Dave Canales. And I understand you can't do it when you're backed up at your own goal line for obvious right. reasons. But where is 
getting Baker out in space and playing to his strengths. Yeah, Baker's we don't see the rollouts. We don't see the those, no those bootlegs. No yeah. bootlegs. Baker is good at throwing on the run. It's yeah. a strength of him, and they don't put him in those yeah. situations. Agreed. Uh, that part I don't understand at all because yeah. we've seen him another the fucking first pass of the game went off the helmet of yeah. the defensive lineman, which it would have been tipped if the guy wasn't there. Right. <laughs> Why? How many tip passes from Baker do we have to see? Before yeah. we decide to move Baker out just a little bit. I'm not asking him to run all the way to sideline. Just yeah. a little bit. Get him moving. Anyway, I'm done with that. Uh, Lucas. Well, well hang, hang one second. To your point, okay, to your point, just since we're talking about Baker here, right? Uh, Greg Allman had a, a great stat. And uh, let me find it here. Greg's really good at stats. Yes. <laughs> Mayfield finishes 25 of 42 for 237 yards and two touchdowns. He's now one of 11 for his career when he throws 40 plus attempts, right? Yeah. So you're, you're going to be in shootouts at some point in time and in, in any NFL season, you got to be able to win some shootouts and, and shootouts come with throwing the ball. And we just, we saw that drive tonight. Uh, and again, they, they were bailed out twice bailed. by fourth right. down call. So it's like, like you want to give the Buccaneers credit for scoring a touchdown what I'm going to give them credit for is this team didn't quit. They didn't give up. Yes, they they fought fair. to the end, right? They could have gave up, too, the way that game was going. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> but 17 plays, 86 yards, 7 minutes and 21 seconds off the clock. There was no urgency. How many times did Baker Mayfield hike or get the ball snapped to him with less than 4 seconds left? Yeah. Like 4 seconds, 3, 2, or 1, right? Yeah. It's like, where's the tempo? Where Where is the, man, we're down two touchdowns, right? Let's... We need a touchdown, and and let's you know let, let's have some urgency. Um, so uh, you know th that that's on Dave Canales. Canales has got to got to got to get them in tempo and and do a much better job calling plays and faster. Um, and and that's just some of the growing pains you're going to have with a rookie play caller. This is really the first time they were really in this situation. Where, where they were down this many points, right? They're yep. down 14 points. Yep. They, you know, they, they were trying to get back in the game last week against the Falcons. Um, and it just, it's it's got to be quicker. It's got to be faster. And yeah, you throw in all these new pieces, new quarterback, new running back, new offensive lineman, um, new play caller. And folks, they're not excuses, right? We're not excusing the behavior. It has to get better. Right, and we're we're mm -hmm. we're putting the blame on 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 everybody on the offense, from the play caller to the quarterback to the running backs to the tight ends to the receivers not getting open to the offensive line. Uh, it's on everybody. No one's escaping blame. But there's a reason why this does not look good. There's a reason why this looks helter skelter, and it's a bunch of newness all thrown in for the first time, and they're all figuring it out together, and and. You try to do that against good teams, Sean McDermott. Dude knows how to coach defense, man. Yeah. You got does. Micah Hyde, you got Poyer, you got Vaughn Miller, Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver <laughs> definitely made yeah. an impact in this game. Yeah. I mean, oh. you know, Terrell Bernard's a second year linebacker. He's like fourth in the NFL in, in tackles. I mean, they got some good players on defense, and it just, it's going to take some time. It just is. And nobody wants to hear it, but it's the truth. Uh, Lucas uh, Pettis, appreciate the dollar ninety nine super chat. D Delaney next week for sure, guys. I, I've been saying it. I'm with it. I'm with it. I mean, you know? Ryan Neal again made not even made another play, but was involved again when a touchdown was scored by the opponent. Yeah. He's not fast enough. He's not fast enough. He's not athletic enough. There's a reason why Buffalo let this guy go. And this was um, not Buffalo. Sorry, yeah, Seattle. 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 And this, I think, I mean. Maybe you can make a case for the Eagles game or the Lions game, but I felt this was the worst game that the Bucks defense I agree. has played. I mean, yep. the Bills punted it, what, twice in the game? Yep. The second was when you knew they were going to continuously run it because the Bucks had no timeouts and they were under two minutes. I mean, every yep. single time Josh Allen did whatever he wanted to do, yep. except for the blitz with Antoine Winfield Jr., because there's nothing that Antoine Winfield Jr. can mm -hmm. do. Um but, yeah, I mean, they went down the field. They cut through the Bucks' defense like a butter through uh, – a knife through warm butter. Like, every yeah, you're single right. time. Yep. Every single soft time. Soft zone defense has got to change. Soft zone. Bad. 
No pass rush no at pass all rush. whatsoever. No. I mean, the Anthony Nelson sack, the Bills all thought that the Bucks went off sides, which they did, and yeah. until like, and it just wasn't called. There was no pass pass rush at all whatsoever, no. except for Antoine Winfield Jr. So yeah. then finally, the Bucks, which I felt uh, again would have to just at first glance seem like the Bucks did not blitz as much as they typically do, and but they had to later in the game. Yeah. And, and, and Josh when, Allen saw it, right? He he saw it, like saw it the, right away, yeah. dumped it off, got the first down, and yeah. then that was essentially it because Bucks had to call their last timeout, and yeah. then all the stuff happened after the two-minute warning. Yep. Uh, but so, anyway, yeah, well, go ahead. to your point about the defense, because I, I I agree. Like th- this this is not just on the offense. This is this is letting Josh Allen do his thing, right? And which is running the ball, running for touchdowns. Um, and, and listen, I, I know that that Vita didn't play tonight, but you know who else didn't play tonight? Joe Tryon Schwenka didn't play tonight. Yeah. Two tackles, right? Yeah, yeah, Diaby, one tackle. And listen, I, I'm just I, I am box score scouting right now, but I I'm pretty sure the tape will back me up on this. Not nearly enough pressure. Um Kalaja Kansi did not have any tackles in nope. this game. There, there were a total of three quarterback hits. He had an right? offside penalty. Yeah. There are three quarterback hits. That's it. Three. And two sacks. One was it was a hustle pursuit play by Yaya Diaby. Yaya Diaby. Congrats again to your first sack. It's one play. Anthony Nelson played pretty decent, right? Two tackles for loss. A nice goal line. Uh, he did what he does. Steady line. Eddie. Yeah. Exactly. Pops up here and there, exactly. makes the play. And that's why Joe Tryon, Joe Tryon Schoenka at times looked like if his first move didn't didn't work, he just stood there and watched. He was yeah. he was he was a spectator. They should have charged him for a ticket tonight to watch, Very to watch the game. Very fitting, Scott. I don't know if you saw the social media when the Bucks flew to Buffalo. All the rookies wore uh, like Halloween costumes as part mm-hmm. of the thing, and oh, JTS good. JTS was standing right next to Yaya Diaby. Yeah, mm-hmm. Diaby, who was in a Hulk costume. Yeah. JTS was David Banner. He looked like he looked yeah. like David Banner playing <laughs> right. uh, playing at outside linebacker yeah. when they yeah. certainly uh, needed the Hulk. We yeah. got a five dollars super chat from Buck's Basement. Thank you, Buck's Basement. Thanks to everyone. We got a lot of super chats rolling yeah, in. Thank so, you. Uh, thank you, guys. Scott, please tell me that Todd Bowles is on the hot seat. Horrendous time management. Doesn't trust his damn team. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Chicken bleep coaching, no energy. Let this end. <laughs> it's it's not going to end now, okay? It's not. Um, if it's going to end, it's going to end at the end of the season, okay? Uh, it's not going to end now. Both they're three and four. He's not on the hot seat yet. Uh, and and I'm not I'm not saying this from a like I don't want him to get fired or I do want him to get fired, uh, you know, type of stance. Um, there are ten games left. They've played seven. They're not even halfway through yet. There are some plenty of winnable games. To me, the more damning thing was last week. Yeah. Right? That was a winnable game. And if this team loses, like, say, to the, the Titans, this team does not uh, even up with the Falcons. This team lets the Saints beat them later this year. This team does not sweep the Panthers. Those, to me, those are more fireball offenses to me than, than this. Because, again, and I told you all, after the Eagles game, you need to readjust your expectations. On paper and on the field, the Bucks were not in the Bills class. Don't let the score fool you, okay? I know you want your team to win, and Matt and I are just giving you a dose of reality. Not optimism, not pessimism, just reality. They're going to lose the 49ers in San Francisco too. Mark it down. It's going to happen. Just like they lost to the Eagles, just like they lost to the Lions, just like they lost to the Bills. Okay. Yeah. I'm perfect on every pick because I know this team this year, except for one. That was last week. We all picked them to to beat the Falcons and they should have. That was a winnable game that they let slide. And this was a game that they were not going to win. And it doesn't let the team off the hook whatsoever. Uh, They still deserve to get called out. Um, And that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're calling them out. It, they're not escaping criticism. Um, Todd Bowles did not call a great game tonight whatsoever. 
And uh, he does need – well, and, and here we go. This is from Grady Cruz. Scott, I know we have to temper our expectations, but – uh, and I have, but that doesn't mean we can't call out bad football. That's exactly right, Greg. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Devin White, um, the nine tackles, uh, some of those were down the field. I thought he played very uninspired football. Um, I would not re-sign him whatsoever. Whatsoever. I, he, I, I, to me, he would have to have a Herculean effort down the stretch for these 10 games. Uh, he, he, he's got to make some plays. He's not making plays. Right. No, none. Um, you saw I mean, even Ryan Neal tonight uh, and he some of these tackles were the result of just, you know, him letting guys get open. But 13 tackles, I think uh, Levante also had 13 tackles. He's on a tear. Yeah. Levante's and, and some of those Levante tackles are in the hole where they should be. Right. Uh, getting tackles for for no gain. Yeah. Made a big tackles. Right. You know, down there. Yeah. Where's Levante. where's Devin? Where's Devin? He's getting blown up. So Levante finishes with 14 tackles, game high, uh, season high. Uh, Neil has 13. Devin had nine. Um, Jamel Dean had eight. Carlton had five. But the defensive line as a whole just was non-existent, except for Will Golston. I thought Will played okay, but yeah. you're getting a 31-year-old Will Golston in year 11 now, right? And and that speaks to the rushing touchdown by Josh Allen. I mean, he went in untouched. He went yeah. in untouched, and sure, you can blame the linebackers too, and some of the guys in the secondary, but no one on the defensive line even got remotely close to Josh. Exactly. Allen. Yeah, that's where you sorely miss Vita Vea because that's right. Think Vita Vea lets yeah. that happen. On, but you uh, know what? They they played without Vita Vea tonight. They played without their middle linebacker tonight. They played without their edge rusher tonight. Right, their first yeah. round pick, Joe Tryon-Shimmick. They played without a lot of guys tonight. That, and, and at times, it seemed like the Buccaneers had nine or ten guys on defense, not eleven. And that's yeah. a shame. Unfortunately, uh, let's keep the super chats rolling. Yep. Devin G, thank you for the 499 super chat. Says, is this team even good enough to make Jason want to buy at the deadline? You know, it's interesting. I feel like because the deadline's coming up on Halloween, yeah. which is in yeah. a couple of days. I, I kind of wish the trade deadline was moved back a week or two because yeah, I feel I like there's a lot of teams right now. Yeah. You know, like the Bucks just lost again, but their division's bad, so they're still right. in it. I feel like it's still a little bit too early for even some teams where it's like, do they know that they're bad yet and are ready to tank? Right. Or like, <laughs> what about the Vikings? You know, they're just right. turning it around. A week ago, everyone was ready to trade Kirk Cousins. Now maybe they could use an extra piece. Yeah. Um, I wish they would move the trade deadline back a week or two, but nonetheless, we can't control that. So, yeah. Uh, is this team even good enough to make Jason want to buy at the deadline? Well, he's, he's not going to get rid of draft capital. Right. And so, I don't know. What do you do? <laughs> Obviously, I mean, Rashad White played better tonight, but tight yeah. end and, and running back in general is still mm -hmm. very much an issue. Uh, yeah. Offensive line would never hurt to get some more depth. Safety, obviously, yeah. there's an issue. I don't know. They're not going to give up a ton to – because they're not a player away from Super Bowl contending. No, I think that's not. pretty clear and obvious. Yeah. So what do you do? A, a minor little tweak, but you lose a draft pick because of it? Yeah. I, I, I think they're gearing up for next year. They're going to have like $62 million in cap room. I think they want to keep their draft picks. I, I think they're they're going to just cross their fingers, hope for better play. Um, they, they have some winnable games coming up, folks. If anything, and, yeah. If anything, here, here's I the thing. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Matt, real quick. No, you're fine. They're at Houston next week. Got to win that one. Have quarterback. Have Houston, Houston's not a bad football team. Houston, yes. Strauss, not a bad football like team. the best quarter, rookie quarterback of this. Uh, Agreed. But but that's you got to win that, right? That gets you back to 500, right? Then you got to beat Tennessee at home. Now you're 5-4, and four, okay? Now you're above 500. Then you're going to lose to the 49ers, right? Then you're back to 500. Then now you're playing December football, right? You have the Colts, you're, which, you know <laughs> – I don't know about the Colts. They Gardner putting, you, yeah. Yeah, they're putting points up though. That's something Tampa Bay can't do. But you have the Colts, then you have the Panthers, then you have that return game against the Falcons at Atlanta, then you have the Packers, then you have the Jaguars, then you have the Saints and the Panthers, right? Honestly, all winnable games. Like even if the Jaguars really are really team in December. Yeah. Like, I don't know, they're not invincible. Yep. And uh Trevor Lawrence is a little banged up. We'll see how he looks in December, obviously. But yeah, that's a really good point. I mean it, Stay it's, afloat, exactly. Stay course, and then you know everything on the line in December. I think that's I probably the best I way think, to look at it. 
I think this team, they got to be 500 after losing to the 49ers out there in San Francisco, right? I think, yeah. I think you got to be five and five right there. And then you have those games at Indianapolis, home against the Panthers, at the Falcons, at Green Bay, home against the Jaguars, home against the Saints, and then at the Panthers to end the season, right? And and uh, it's there for the taking. And if, if they don't do it, if they don't win down the stretch with some of these winnable games, then yeah. Then, then Bowles, uh, he's on the hot seat. He's yeah. fired. Whatever y'all think, because um, it, it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. It, the, the, you know, the last either, thing I either want they're, to say, uh, either they're going to win and sneak in the playoffs at nine and eight, or win the division at nine and eight, um, or Bowles is going to be on the hot seat. And then the Glaciers have to decide how they looked at last year. Is eight and nine? Is that? It, it, it is you know it is that a bad season? But they yeah. won the division. I don't know how they look at last year. I don't I know. know. If, I just don't. I, I'm I'm yeah. curious about that. The last thing I'll say about the whole trade thing, if I'm, if I would hope Jason Light holds on to a lot of those draft picks because maybe, just maybe, you bundle up and move up to get a, a quarterback of the future yeah. uh, in, in this year's draft, depending on you know where you land and 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 yeah. how that goes. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you got to start looking again for your for your next quarterback eventually, and I know that would really pump the fans up. I think it would energize the fans. And, of course, uh, Celsius Energy Drinks are the official energy drink of PewterReport.com, keeping us going, especially on a night like tonight where oh, the yeah. Bucks played so poorly and we're doing a late podcast. But uh, Celsius, so many awesome flavors. The Cosmic Vibe is their newest one. I'm a huge fan of the Arctic Vibe. It's my personal favorite. But there's also yep. an assortment of great flavors from the sparkling uh, – sorry, the peach mango, the sparkling orange, sparkling wildberry. You get the idea. Strawberry lemonade is one of my favorites. Um, there's no sugar, no post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get from another product out there. So if you need to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, go to the store locator, punch in your address on the Celsius website, that is, and uh, it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can pick one up. It could be your Walmart, might just be your uh, Target, or it could be a health and fitness store. And if you're lucky Say enough, it. it might just be Say it. <laughs> your bodega. Bodega. Once you keep going to your bodegas, you're like, wow, I love Celsius so much, but I want more. I want to get them in bulk. You can buy them in bulk. I'd even recommend getting that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. You go to Amazon, click on that subscribe and save, have it sent to your residence whenever you want. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. It's up to you. You're the boss. You're in charge. You're Charles in charge. Uh, you could have it sent whenever. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Make Celsius your number one pick. Let's get back to those super chats. Will yep. Martinez, thank you for the four ninety nine super chat. Who says Bowles is not head coach material? Canales is stubborn like his head coach. Stop trying to pound the rock when you have Evans and Godwin and Neil has to go. Yeah, they they did a hell of a job on on uh, on Mike Evans. Um, that that cornerback. Um, yeah, you know. The, the the times they showed some replays and again we're you know we're beholden to the TV broadcast we don't get to look at the all twenty two during the game, but man, the times they they cut to some replays, that dude was covering Mike, and and they had some bracket coverage there, um, but you know what? If you're the play caller, you got to scheme him open sometimes. Yeah, Scott. Right? So that's exactly what I was gonna yep. say, and I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, I you're mean, right. You're right. I think for a couple weeks now, it's been like, oh. Uh, all these defenses are doubling Mike Evans. And yeah, sure, whatever. I got it. But you can't possibly tell me that Mike Evans, who we consider one of the best receivers in the league. Yeah. Mike Evans isn't the only good receiver in the league, okay? Right. All the other teams in the NFL deal with the same issue where your number one wide receiver gets multiple players on that player. And yeah. somehow everyone else still puts up production. Mm -hmm. For example, this game alone, and it's not like, Mike's not getting the football. Right. Mike is having a disappearing act, like yeah. having no impact on the game until, as the title of this podcast is, until it's too little too yeah. late. I mean, he was only targeted six times. Six times. For That's example, Stefan Diggs, I think overall, had a relatively pedestrian game. Like Correct. the Bucs didn't – the Bucs got gashed by Khalil Shakir more than anything yeah, else. Did. And Gabe Davis yeah. and Stefan Diggs. But Stefan Diggs clearly is the Bills' number one wide receiver. Right. Stephon Diggs, even in a quote unquote pedestrian game, still had nine receptions and 12 targets. That's right. They put him in motion. 
They got him the ball on yeah. third down. They made a definitive and collaborative effort yeah. to get Stephon Diggs involved right. in the game. Great and point. we know he goes wild on the sidelines, and mm-hmm. I don't know how much that has into it. <laughs> I get that Dave Canales is a first-time play caller, yeah. but we saw it on the last drive. If you throw Mike Evans the football, good things tend to happen. That's and you right. know what? If you're not even looking his way, it's impossible for this offense to do anything. Yeah. I know Mike and, has a couple of drops, but I still trust him in a lot of big moments. I agree. And also, he'll get a couple of calls. Sure, he gets the occasional offensive pass interference, but right. star players get star calls the majority of the time, but not if you don't throw it to him. And the thing, too, is is the Bills' offense, credit them, they had four players, four different receivers with 65 yards or more. Dalton yeah. Kincaid had 65 yards and a touchdown. Diggs, as you mentioned, 70 yards. Gabe Davis, 87 yards and a touchdown. And Shakir led them with 92 yards on six Did catches on all six targets. I didn't see it coming either, but it's like Trey Palmer, Devin Tompkins, Kate Otten, like they're not getting it done. They're not. Like they're, they're, they're not getting open. They're not catching the ball. Rakeem Jarrett, you know, uh, targeted three times, one catch, nine yards. Trey Palmer targeted six times, three catches, 22 yards. Uh, Devin Tompkins wasn't targeted in the game. Um, Payne Durham was targeted once. He dropped it. Dropped, yep. Kate Otten, four catches, 27 yards. He's averaging six yards a catch. It's just like, like there's, there, there's no playmakers um, on offense outside of Mike and Chris. That, that's a problem too, right? Shakir yeah. showed he was a playmaker. He had the, the longest game gain for the Bills, 30 yards, right? Um, Kincaid had a 22-yard catch and run mm-hmm. for a touchdown. And we just don't see that from from this Buccaneer offense. Uh, Rashad White had a 20-yard catch. Godwin had a 31. Mike Evans had a 24. That was it. There was no other gains past 20 yards from this offense. There's no explosive quality to this offense. And, and Matt, I think it goes back to your original point. I think you're spot on. Um, Where are the rollouts? Where are the play-action bootlegs that get the quarterback outside the pocket and have some chances for some big plays down the field. We're just not seeing that for some reason. And the thing is, is I'm more concerned about Luke Edeke getting a false start than I am getting a holding call. I think he does pretty well in pass protection. I think he's shown to be a pretty good right tackle. It just like, let him work, man. Like, like let him take, you got to take the training wheels off at some point. Like you can't, you can't shorten your playbook so much because you're so, so afraid of Luke Edeke going to do this or whatever the case is, which yeah. also, uh, and, and we'll get to Nicola's super chat. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And because I'm kind of talking about the whole team here. You know, Todd Bowles had some interesting quotes after the game. He said things yeah. such as, uh, I thought we moved the ball well. I find that hard to believe because you moved Not in the, the third ball quarter. maybe to midfield and then you would punt <laughs> it. Yeah, as he yeah. said before, completed one pass. Right. Um, he also said this won't snowball. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. Well, I mean, um, it, it shouldn't. You should beat the Texans and you should beat the Titans. It shouldn't. Right? You should. Yeah. Yeah. You should beat those teams. You should right. be back yeah. above 500 by the time you go to 49ers. My issue, though, with Todd Bowles is, like, he'll say one thing, oh, we moved the ball well, but then you just show a clear lack of trust in your offense. Like, last week, first drive of the game, it's like fourth and five, and yeah, they right. go for it. Right. But then now, against a tougher opponent, the Bills, when you're already behind – Twice you had like fourth and two, yeah, and you're like now nah, we're just gonna kick the field goal, yeah. And the one got blocked, and then the other right. one, I don't know, they whatever he said after the game, and they yeah. ended up getting the delay of game penalty. Yeah. It's like, dude, figure yeah. it out one way or another. I, I know, you, you I, clearly it, it, don't I'll trust your what, offense. It, it, that, that's true, but I, I also, um, I wouldn't trust them either because Stinney was was having a hard time, so was Hainsey, so was Cody Malk on the interior, right? So fourth and two, you're probably going to do. Something quick, or try to you know run the ball, find find a crease in the middle, plow ahead, get two yards, whatever, yeah. right? So um, I, I would I would have liked another end around situation, right? Um, Chris yeah. Godwin, fourteen that yards. Works. Let's see an end around with Trey Palmer. He's even faster. Let's see an end around with, De- with Devin, Devin Tompkins. Tompkins. That's been successful when they've done it. I know. Go back <laughs> to it, right? I mean, why not? <laughs> it yeah. worked before. Um, see if it works again. So, having said that. Uh, that's a 59-yard field goal. I'm not saying Chase McLaughlin can't make it, but if he misses, he exactly. misses. They have, I believe, all three of their timeouts, if not two, 19 seconds left. They are one 
Dalton Kincaid, 20-yard pass down the middle of the field, and they're in field goal range. Then yeah. what you've done is, is now instead of having a seven-point lead at halftime, now they have a 10-point lead at halftime, and they get the ball. They get the ball. I mean, you talk about momentum killing. I think Bulls played it safe there, and I probably would have too because I don't know what I would have called there on fourth and two and a yeah. half. But also, like, why bring out the know? field goal unit and try to draw them offsides versus just, like, having the offense draw that offsides? I thought that was odd, too. But anyway, um, yeah. Nicola, thanks for the 499 Super Chat. Team is so undisciplined. Agreed. Also can't blame it all on Baker. All True. those open drops by tight end and wide receivers. I was texting yeah. my buddy before who, you know, he's not a Bucks fan, but obviously this is the primetime yeah. game, and he bet on the Bucks and everything. And yeah. he was like, what the heck with these drops? And I was like, yeah, the Bucks do a great job of like when they screw up, everyone screws up. It's not just oh, oh, yeah. it's not just one person. It's all collective. It's a virus. It, it, yeah, affects, it's, it affects it's the all, whole offense. It's all a collective effort. Payne Durham, what are you doing? Like if you want more reps, like catch the ball. Yeah. Right? That's that a big 18-yard gain or something? Yeah. Yeah. Would have put them in field goal range. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Spider-Man, thank you for the 499 Super Chat, says it's egregious that the refs didn't call pass interference during the Hail Mary. Baker had two touchdowns, two-point conversion, and no interceptions. He wasn't the problem. Yeah, coaches, he's not the solution, though. Coaches were and penalties. Yeah, I don't think he's the solution. Yeah. The he's NFL the falls into a problem. He's not the solution. Yeah. The NFL falls into this problem with, like, last play of the games. Like, no one – no ref wants to be the guy that – Right. has the guts to throw a penalty when there is a penalty. Right. You actually saw it, or maybe it's a Buffalo thing, because you saw it two weeks ago when Buffalo right. played the Giants. There was <laughs> like right. one last play where mm -hmm. uh, it looked like a clear hold on Darren Waller. They didn't call it incomplete. The game is, is done. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but the Super Bowl, the Giants, not the Giants, the Ravens 49ers Super Bowl, the Harbaugh mm -hmm. brothers when they went up against each other, big yep. play at the end, could have been pass mm -hmm. interference. They didn't call it. Um, it, you know, it's, it's a little bit of the human element. No one wants to be that person. That but what you're doing is you're giving the green light to the defense to mug the receivers and the tight ends. Yeah. And that's what, that's what they're doing. They're mugging yeah. them. And, and, and so I, I, I don't think that's right. I don't think this play, this Hail Mary play should be worth more or count more than uh, a third and 10 in the third quarter. Yeah. Right. It's either pass interference or defensive holding, or it's not. You know, it's also uh, just remind me the Bucks did get bailed out. I and granted it was the Tom Brady Gronk yeah. era where they threw a hail mary at halftime. I don't right. even remember what season. I want to say twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty. Yeah, I think it's twenty twenty. Yeah, I think you're yeah. Right. And uh, they called a pass interference on a hail mary at halftime, so the Bucks right. just kicked the field goal because there's no time yep, left. I remember so, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember so that. they they got it for that call, but not for yep. this one. Anyway, uh, Kathy Gillespie, thank you so much for the four ninety nine super chat. Says. Coaching staff setting Mayfield up for failure with trying to put team on his back. What happened to uh, bring cog in the wheel? Yeah, I think, I, I think it's being a cog in the wheel. Gotcha, like, gotcha. Right, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I think that they can do a lot more things to help out Baker so he's not just standing around in the pocket, getting balls tipped, not being able to see people open, yeah. not scheming things up when your best player is Mike Evans and you don't get him involved yeah. until late in the game. I think there's a lot more that Dave Canales can be doing. But Baker also tempo? has we, we, a lot of throws. You're yeah. right. And we, we saw the Bills go up tempo to start the third quarter. They march right down the field, right? Get a touchdown. And I just, where's the tempo in this offense? I, I just don't get it. Um, I, I don't. down 14 in the fourth quarter. You might see it when you have the ball. But no, nah, no, nah, yeah. I don't want to do it there either. Yeah, no, it's that's and that's on coaching, man. That's on Dave Canales. There's no escaping yeah. that for for real. Um, when can you realistically see Baker get benched? Uh, I think I think uh, to answer this question, uh, Baker would have to be the reason for losses, not just a loss, but losses, right? And you look at at this game here, um, and you can look at the film, and it and it shows worse, but. Statistically speaking, 25 of 42, 237, two touchdowns, um, the two-point conversion. <laughs> it, it counted. Another tip ball. Another tip <laughs> ball. Um, yeah. So um, Baker was not the reason why they lost this game. But Baker was not the difference maker that was needed to win this game either. That was Josh Allen, right? And Josh Allen yep. um, had two touchdowns. And 324 yards, he only had 11 incompletions on the game. 
It was very accurate, I thought, for the night. And then the 41 yards, they were timely runs. He had the touchdown run. They were timely, picked up first downs, right? Um, and, and you know, I, I think that, that that's the thing. Is Baker a difference-making quarterback? I, I have not seen it yet. I haven't. I think he's a, I think yeah. he's an above average to good quarterback, but he is not a difference-making quarterback that I have seen in this offense in Tampa Bay. And there's still yeah. time left, but I, I don't think, think I, I don't think that he's he's going to get benched until uh, he starts throwing pick sixes and, mm-hmm. and 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 the like. You know, I think that's uh, quite reasonable for sure. And uh, if you took Josh Allen with his higher passing yards, you would have been quite happy go. on Underdog Fantasy. Uh, check out Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code Pewter P E W T E R. Um, the pickums are so much fun. You could have done it for tonight, but you could do it for the games on Sunday or other sports too. Um, you pick at least two players, one from at least two different teams. You can pick up to five and win up to 20 times your money. Um, you're just choosing higher or lower on different stats, different fantasy points, things of that nature. Um, so go to Underdog Fantasy. It's so much fun. Use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and get a first deposit bonus with Underdog Fantasy. Check it out. Yep. Uh, let's stick with these super chats here. Yep. Um, Brandon. Yeah. Yep. Uh, go ahead, Matt. Brandon uh, Mackey, thank you so much for the $5 Canadian super yep. chat. Oh, yeah. You're probably watching. You might be a Bills fan if you're right by the uh, the border. Hey. Um, <laughs> hey. Hate to say it, but seen enough from Todd Bowles. Or you're probably a Bucks fan if you're watching yep. the show. Uh, yep. From a Todd Bowles coach we team. appreciate it, Brandon. Yes. Even when they win. It looks so hard, it does desperate hard. for urgency and explosiveness. Yeah, it hasn't really been easy for uh, for the Bucks for quite a while. And, yeah. you know, listen, this isn't Bulls' first rodeo as a head coach. There's a reason why he got fired the first yeah. time around when, when he coached the Jets. And a lot of times, uh, clock management was a big reason. And I think mm-hmm. you could point the clock management tonight yeah. uh, a little bit. And, Certain and, coaching and you know positions, what? yeah. I think we, we talked about personnel. We talked about personnel last week. We, I wrote about it. At, he'll make the call or he won't, right, about Ryan Neal, about um, JTS, and, and, and some of those substitutions that would probably help his defense out. Uh, that, that's his call to make, right? Having said that, um, he's very hands-off when it comes to the, the offense, just like Bruce Aarons was hands-off yep. when, it came, when it came to the defense. But – He's not going to show emotion. He's he's not going to be the guy you want him to be. He's going to be way more like Tony Dungy than he is John Gruden or Bruce Arians. That just you got to accept that. He's not going to show a lot of emotion. But the one thing that he needs to do, and this goes back to game management, and this is a big time fault, and I'll call him out for it on this tonight. Is uh, and maybe he was. The camera's not on him all the time. We're we're beholden to the Amazon Prime cameras. But Matt, where is the? You know, Dave, let's go. Dave, yeah, Dave, come yeah. on, let's go. We, we, we need to be up-tempo. We need to be, you know, two-minute right. offense here, right? They had a stroll in the park, and I know they were playing <sighs> in Orchard Park, but that was not the time to have a stroll in the park on that. Well said, man. Second to last drive. Well said. Um, yeah. Just a real, real quick comment. We have a lot of Super Chats. We always lose the 49ers, especially in San Francisco. I haven't seen the Bucks went out here in San Francisco in a very long time, and that's that's going to be another loss, too. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, why do Bulls coach teams always start sluggish and slow? That's a huge problem. We'll be Another writing about that this start. week. Another, Another slow, slow start, start. Yep. for On both offense. sides again. And defense. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's keep it rolling with Josh S. Thank you, Josh S. For the nine ninety nine super chat. Please tell me you guys want the team to rebuild. Light needs his own guy. Uh, draft a top quarterback, Scott. I know you remember me asking about that article yep. for uh, Colgate QB. Stop the reloading BS. Do it right. Yeah. Well, do you want to be the GM that lets Tristan Wirfs and Antoine McNeil Jr. go? Because I, I don't think that's a choice. Yeah. I, I'm starting to kind of come around to life without Mike Evans. And Mike just seemed like he had very poor body language tonight as yeah. well. A lot of people are pointing that out in the comments. Yeah. Um, I think there is a way to not completely tear it down and still be competitive. Um, but you kind of really got to toe the line. Yeah. Um, I tell you this: if if Mike Evans is not re-signed, and it's going to come down to dollars and cents, it's going to come down to how much when they let him go in free agency, which they're going to do, they're going to have him test the market, just like Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Levante David, and and Mike, get your price and then bring it back to us, and we'll see what we can do about it. Um, here's the problem, Matt: no matter what that number is, sixteen million, eighteen million, twenty million, 
22 million, whatever that, that price tag is, the Buccaneers are not going to be better next year without Mike Evans, right? That's the catch 22. If you lose Mike Evans and there's there, there comes a point in time where like, he's not worth whatever money, like whatever, whatever that number is, right? The Bucs were going to say uh, no thanks. But when they say no thanks, they're not going to be a better team next year without Mike Evans. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're going to take a yeah. step back. And then you better hope that a Keon Coleman, um, uh, a Malik Neighbors, you, you better hope that you find a, um, you know, I, I would say Chris Olave. He's really taking a step back this year. Yeah. Um, who's your guy up there in New York with the Jets? Help me. Garrett out. Wilson. Garrett Wilson. He just you needs need a, a Garrett Wilson. Yeah. You need a Chase, uh, Lamar Chase, uh, Jamar Chase. Jamar, yeah. You you need a Justin Jefferson. Like you need that type of caliber, a wide receiver that can come in and possibly get you a thousand yards as a rookie, if you're going to let Mike Evans go. I'm just saying that. Yeah. Uh, as for quarterback, um, I, I like what I see from the LSU kid. Um, I, I think he's uh, Jaden Jaden Dan, uh, Daniels. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's good. He's a good player, and there's a couple others too. Obviously, uh, they'll draft a quarterback, even if they resign Baker. They'll draft a quarterback just to edge their bets. Uh, moving on, Robbie Gordon with the five dollars super chat. Thanks, Robbie. Says Kansas City and Kelsey, Minnesota and Jefferson, Miami and Tyreek Hill get thrown to and can't stop it. You manufacture touches for Evans. Yep, I'm in full up. agreement. Everybody yep. knows Kansas City is going to throw to Travis Kelsey. That's he right. still gets it. And same yep. with the other two guys that you mentioned, Tyreek Hill. And you know especially. what? And and Dave Canales knows this, right? He's got DK Metcalf and and. Tyler yeah. Lockett up there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you you got to find a way. And then and then sometimes my guess is is he dials up a play and they're open and Baker just can't see it, right? Yeah. It's it's yeah. if it's not one thing it's another on on every play it seems. It's frustrating. Very frustrating. T with the $10 super chat. Thanks T. Says if the Glazers and Light have standards, Bowles is on the hot seat. This isn't a rookie head coach, four straight losing seasons with questionable game management. Yep. Decision making, hires, and flat out undisciplined teams. I mean, the undisciplined is spot on. I mean, yeah, they can't get out of their own way at times. That's they right. really can't. Yep. Uh, it's a big stretch coming up for Todd Bowles. Like, you have a chance to rate the ship, get two wins, stop the losing streak, get above 500. You're going to be overmatched when you play the 49ers. You're going to lose. I'm telling you right now, Buccaneer fans, don't expect to win in San Francisco. Not happening. And, and then you then you come home. At 500, Matt, and it's 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 anybody's ball game. There's some winnable games down the stretch, mm-hmm. and this is this is a you know a sink or swim uh, for Todd Bowles down the stretch. Uh, Kathy Gillespie super chatted us again with the same question, but uh, thank you very much again for the super chat, Kathy. We just answered that before, but we appreciate yep. you so much, very much, Kathy. Thank you, Ryan Hurst with a two dollar super chat says running on every first and ten, and no other time that's not really true i mean yeah. it seems like it but man um they they didn't they did not run every time on first and 10 and um they passed 42 times they only ran rashad white nine times baker had three scrambles that's again 45 pass attempts exactly the same number as baker had last last week 42 pass attempts with three scrambles so it's 45 called pass plays right nine runs for rashad white three for Edmonds. that's 12 Godwin had an end around if you count that as part of the running game, right? So that's 13. Keyshawn Vaughn had 14. That's even less than last week, Matt. Last yeah. week, they had 17 called runs, 45 passes. This week, it's 45 called passes. And what did I just say? 13 runs? 14? Yeah, 13, 14. Okay. So, you know, th- yeah. they're not. And, and and last week, they were never really trailing, in, you know, by more than one score. Yeah, in that game this week they were down two touchdowns, so they had to throw a little bit more. But you know, um, they're just not very good at running the ball. They had a couple of decent runs, but just, hey, they were know. better today. Yeah. They were better, but it's playing still... the Bills and they're they're not as good against yeah. them. You know, oops, sorry. Uh, Richard Taroka, thanks for the dollar ninety nine super chat. Says, does this offense have twenty ten offensive coordinator Greg Olson vibes? A little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's a work in progress. Dave Canales said it last week at the press conference. He's he's owning it, right? Yeah. It's it's not he, these are growing pains. And folks, uh, not excusing the poor play, we're calling it out plenty. But the reason why they call it growing pains is it's painful. It's not growing eases. Yeah, there's nothing easy about it. It's painful. <laughs> it's some of these painful mistakes. It's Cody Malk 
like learning not to hold. It's Luke Gedeke learning to hold his water and play in a very loud Bills environment and not false start, right? Yeah. It's it's uh, Dave Canales learning what he can and can't do. And sometimes, man, it's like when stuff is not working and you think it's going to, you're just looking at, at plays like uh, what's working, you know? And, and then you have guys in your ear, yeah. guys up in the box saying, do this. You know, Brad Idzik saying, do that. Like, you're the, you're the play caller. What are you going to do? Right. It's not easy. It, but- yeah. I mean, the answer people don't want to hear is you got to have a little bit of patience because, yeah. and I, I'm with it. Like, if you get to week 12, 14 and it's still this bad, like at yeah. some point, you got to say, okay, it's a work in progress until when? Like, right. when? That's right. Does it yep. all come together? Yep. I don't think we're at that just yet. Yep. So you just kind of got to grit your teeth. I will say this seven yeah. weeks in now, the, the penalties like, like that's got to stop, right? Yeah. It's one thing to not have good executions. Another thing to just shoot yourself in, in the foot before the play starts four times with Tristan Wirth once and, and Luke Gedeke three times. That's, that's that you can't do that. That's inexcusable. T with another super chat this time, $5. Thanks again. T says on a brighter note, I know he's shaky at running back, but the right coaches will make Rashad White a very productive, reliable, versatile weapon in our offense. I mean, well, yeah, I, in terms of the passing I game. I think you're seeing it, right? Yeah. Last Rashad has established himself over the last two weeks. He's established himself, and this is probably more of an indictment on Tompkins and Palmer and the tight yeah. ends and everything. Yes. But Rashad White is your option number three for the Bucks right now. I don't right. think there's any That's argument right. to, to the latter. It's Mike yeah. and Chris. When they feel and like Rashad. To Mike and Rashad White. Yep. And 60 the, yards know. last week, 70 yards. Who's the leading receiver tonight, folks? Seven catches, 70 yeah. yards at a 20 big, yarder. Big in the screen game. I think we'll see yeah. a little bit more of the screen game. I agree. In the upcoming weeks, because that definitely works. So yeah, he's he's kind of that. he he is he is a younger version of the old Alvin Kamara. Like we're seeing the old Alvin Kamara right now, right? I like We're, that. Like Alvin can't run the ball, but he he can check it down to him and he does his work in space. He's just not a between the tackles kind of guy anymore, right? He's I older like now. That. Yeah. So Rashad is a younger version of the old Alvin Kamara, of the present day Alvin Kamara. He's just a yeah. younger Kamara. Um, but uh, he's not the runner that Kamara is or was. So there's that. No, I like it. Uh, I like the comp- comparison. And you know what? Even if you have a little bit of of that in in Rashad White, I don't think it's totally the end of the world because you still yeah. need to figure out the run game. <laughs> Kathy, I tried to remove the typo post. Sorry, more money for PR. We <laughs> bless you, <laughs> Thank Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. That's, yeah. That, that is that, outstanding. Yeah. We appreciate that. You're great. Um, yeah, speaking of great and speaking of outstanding, uh, we, we got to give a shout out to Eric Gross and the Eric yes, Gross group because they are absolutely outstanding. Uh, real estate firm. Matter of fact, they're the official realtors of Peter Report. Folks, it takes a full team effort, as you know, to win a Bucks football game. And that has not happened yet. <laughs> not, not three weeks. Um, but if you want to win, go to a winning team. And that's the Eric Gross Group. They've done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market. They got all kind of experience in, in all different types of situations. Uh, really, Eric's a pro bowler when it comes to real estate. He's an avid Peter Report reader. You'll have that in common right off the bat when you give the guy a call. You can talk some Tampa Bay football. He's a Tampa native. He knows the area like the back of his hand. There's strong vendors uh, and and a network of over 85,000 agents. The Eric Gross Group will get your house uh, that you want for you, purchased you know, at the price that you want, at the value there, or they'll sell your house. Their clients aren't tra- just transactions. They're lifelong friendships. Go to their website, housesinfla.com, housesinfla. Give them a call at 513-907-4271. Visit them on the web, housesinfla.com. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group. That's right. And also, don't forget, as we wrap up the show, we're going to have another show tomorrow coming up at 4 p.m., kind of recapping what Todd Bowles had to say today. Um, and a little bit more kind of looking forward. Uh, that'll be tomorrow at 4 p.m. In the meantime, please follow us on all of our social media. We are at Pewter Report on X Threads, Facebook, and Instagram, and, of course, our YouTube channel where we have the podcast, Pewter Game Day Show, all that fun stuff and various other content is at Pewter Report TV. Please like and subscribe. Um, Thank you, comment Luke. in the video. That helps as well, helps us grow our audience yep. of our YouTube channel. 
guys, uh, Luke, I think you just said it best. It's about yep. to be one o'clock in the morning. Yep. You guys are still rocking with us. Thank you, Pewter Super people. Chats as well. Love so you guys. Thank you to all the Pewter people. Yep. We'll have another show tomorrow at 4 p.m. So until then, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you later today, technically, <laughs> right. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. The Bucks can't hurt you on Sunday. They can't hurt you on Sunday.